It's going to be hot. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it because God made it. <laughs> so man didn't make it, so we might as well as his children rejoice in it. Amen. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has not been told. Amen. Praise God. You know, if you would stop and look over your life where you were, you know, as a kid all the way through and where you are now, you know, some of us is approaching that old big seven O mark. And so, you know, you look back over your life and I was, you know, sometimes somebody will post something on Facebook, you know, and, and I get a good chuckle, you know, when I'm posting the morning manna or reviewing the morning manna, you know, somebody posts some, some paper caps. Most people don't know what paper caps are. You know, now kids don't have guns, you know, they can't play with cap guns and stuff anymore. You know, but when we was kids, you know, little cowboys, man, you got to have some paper caps in your gun to shoot pow, 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 you know. <laughs> you know, so you get little jokes like that or somebody will post something about a dimmer switch that you used to have to dim your lights on your car, but plastic, the little thing on the left side. Sister Barb, you don't remember that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you had this little thing on button down on the floorboard, and you had to push it with your feet, to, Sister Michaela, to dim your lights, you know. <laughs> if I know you call them and stuff like that, it was on the floor. You had to hit you with your foot over by your by your brake, you know, to, to, yeah, clutch, because everything was usually three-speed you know, car. So, so, you know, those little things like that is to remember, you know. Where God has brought us from and what He's doing, you know, and, and, you know, it's good, you know, to, to be able to reminisce. And that's why when you look at Scripture, you see a lot of the things are written for our example and for our learning of what they went through and what they faced, you know, during their time frame and how they kept their trust in God and believed God. You know, and that's why Hebrews 11 is such a powerful, you know, passage of Scripture because it talks about faith and what they went through and how they stayed with it and all that. And then it tells us that God has provided something better for us that they without us can't be made perfect. So we need to follow the examples that accept before us. Amen. So we've been talking about growing and giving this month. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. The Lord says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and runneth over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The same measure, amen, again. He has dealt, Paul says in Romans 12, 3, to every man a measure of faith. So what are you going to do with what God has given you? You know, if you give it, you get more back, right? The more faith you put in the operation, the more faith you'll have. Is with anything in God. The more you give, the more He'll give to you. So keep on giving because His Word is true. You can't outbeat God's giving no matter how you try. Ecclesiastics tell you to cast your bread on the water and it will return to you not many days hence. 
You know, if you go to Asia, a lot of times you see them sowing rice seed and planting rice on rice paddies. And rice paddies, if you ever have been to Asia, you see them walking in the, in the mud and the, and the rice and water. And they're putting their seeds on the water. And, and then, you know, the animals walk through it and stomp it down and then it grows again. Amen. So it'll come back. You know, you, you plant seed, what's going to happen? You're praying and waiting for that harvest, and you'll get it back again. You know, you stop and think about that. You know, the farmer's crop seed goes down the field, and he plants one seed, you know, here. Then when the machine drops one seed here, one seed here, one seed here. And then that corn pops up, and sometimes it may have two years of corn. It might have three years of corn. And some people have counted some of those kernels on those cobs and they have figure it's somewhere six seven hundred you know kernels on a cob from one little seed you know and so that's how you get so much when they came to america they would plant and then they would save it and then they go plant it again and now you can go further with more and more and more and more you get more and more and more and more and more so it's the same way the more we give you know, the more we will, we, you know, get back, you know, it's, it's what's going to transpire. So last week we was talking about giving of ourself, giving of ourself. And, and that's the key to, you know, growing is doing things for others, giving of ourselves, putting ourselves to use. James tells us that faith without works is dead. So if I've got faith and I want my faith to grow, I've got to get involved. I've got to do something with myself. And usually if I give of myself, amen, then I'm feeling much better. When I help someone else, I feel so much better, amen, about what I'm doing. You know, it is just that nature in us to be able to do that, amen. And we, as Jesus' children, we should always be looking for something to do to help others to bring about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, last week we saw that John 3.16 tell us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that He so believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting. In life. So if God was willing to give his life, he was willing to sacrifice himself, amen, for us. If he had not sacrificed, we would have not had a, any redemption, we would have not had a plan of salvation. But because he was willing to sacrifice for us, we should be willing to sacrifice for others. We're not going to be, uh, you know, like he hung on a cross and he died naturally by giving his life that way. But when we died to this world, when we die out to the things, when we take up our cross as well, when we have compassion, when we resist evil and temptations, when we're obedient to the Word of God, when we submit ourselves to the things of God, when we get into Bob and serving, we begin to carry our cross. Amen. Because that's what it really means to carry your cross is I'm going to work. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give up myself. It's no longer about me. It's about Him. Amen. And so I want to do everything I can in my power to be able to help others to understand. When Jesus walked out of the wilderness and he walked into the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 8, 19... 
The Bible says it was his custom uh, to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he walked in, and they handed him the book of Isaiah, amen, and he to the passage of the scripture, and he began to read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, the priest delivers to the captives, recovered sight to the blind, and said, Liberty them that are bruised, and the priest, the accept of the year of the Lord. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through. 19. So we see here, amen, Jesus came out of the wilderness and he immediately got involved. It was his time to get involved to do what God had sent him to the earth to do. And it's the same way with you and I. When we come out of the world, when we come out of the, he brings us out, amen, he brings us in and we're born again of the water and the spirit. We are now the anointed ones. We are been anointed to do that same mission that he has, amen, to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus says in Mark 5, 16, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with their tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now we must get involved. We must give of ourselves to save others. We become rescuers. Amen. We have a mission to rescue. We are, if you want to put it, uh, you know, Coast Guardmen. <laughs> you know, we, we give our lives to save others. Amen. We are going into places to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We reach in. If you look at the early church, they was given of themselves. And everything they did, they went. And as a result of that, souls were saved. People's lives were changed. Paul stood in Mars Hill, amen, for a while, and then he began to preach to them Jesus Christ. Amen. They went into different cities, and the whole cities was turned upside down. Amen. Because they was willing to sacrifice themselves so others could be saved. Amen. And so that's why it's important that we realize that I'm giving of myself to the kingdom so that others can be saved. I don't want to go to heaven by myself and not have shared this precious truth with someone else. We have found the treasure in the field. Amen. We have discovered the treasure in the field, and there's more treasures in the field, and so therefore we need to have others to come. When you look at the disciples, when Peter was told to launch out into the deep and let down the nets, he only let down one net. And But when he began to break, what happened? He called for the other ships. He called for his friends. Hey, come on out here. Come and help us. And as a result, the Bible tells us in Mark 4, I mean, that all the ships was filled. See, and so, I mean, Matthew, excuse me, that all the ships were filled with fish. See, and that translate over to the church. When we start catching fish, we don't become territorial. We call other people. Get over here and help us. We need others to be involved. To help with this crop, this harvest. You know, in our lives, in my life, should I say, my parents, we were sharecroppers. You know, and so, and as a result, the man that had the farm, 
he, he had a lot of land. So he leased it out the land to other people as well. And so here we are. We are all sharecroppers. And so as a result, we raised the crops. We got grabbed at the crops. And when we sold the crops, he got a pet part of it and we got a part of it. You know, that's how it, he, he was kind of like he put all the money and stuff up front to be able to get the seed and the grain and, and pay the people and all of that. And then at the end, when you sold the crops, you know, we got a portion and he got a portion. See? But it, in the week, during the week time, when it was time for harvest, say that Brother Richard's family day to get their harvest in was on Tuesday. And ours was on Monday. Well, their family would help us on Monday. We would help them on Tuesday. If Sister Sonia's family was Wednesday, we all go help them on Wednesday. So everybody helped everybody to be help them to get their crops in. So we was all given of ourselves to help them. Uh, and I, our pay was hardly nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I, I got like 25 cents an hour. You know, that was it. And it was hard work because we weren't looking at the money. We was looking at helping. You know, we were sharing, you know. And so and as a result, everybody was getting their harvest in. And as a result, as everybody got their harvest in, everybody, you know, was glad. We worked together to make it happen. See? And that's the, that's the key. And in the church, all of us have to give. You have, as I said last week, each one of us has a talent. Each one of us has an ability that we can put somewhere. Amen. As we get older in life, we still have that talent and abilities that we got. I I remember my wife was saying that now that Sister Tenny, I think it is, is getting ready to start a new ministry, you know, where she's teaching young girls you know, stuff at her age, how to be homemakers and things of that nature. You know, she's not quitting. She's not giving up. She has a talent. She has an ability. So she's still giving of herself. In other words, she's showing a young girl how to be a mother. You know, all these things. We all have abilities. We all have talents that we can help each other. So we want to give of ourselves. Jesus gave of his self. And Second Kings, we saw last week, that the Shudamite woman, when she realized that Elijah was a man of God, she says to her husband, let's build a little chamber on the side of our house so that every time he passed by, he has a place to turn in. She took care of the man of God. She did what she could, amen, with what she had. The Bible tells us she was basically a rich woman. So she was able to do that, amen, and as a result... She was blessed behind it as well. She gave, God gave to her. You know, and so we see this throughout. We see that also the Good Samaritan, that Jesus told the story about the Good Samaritan. You know, the priest passed on one side, the Levite passed on the other, but the Good Samaritan went and helped the man. He gave of himself. He poured in wine and oil, and he helped him. He put him on his donkey. He paid his end bill. He helped him out. Amen. And so, therefore, it was given of himself. And you see this throughout Scripture, and and that's why we must follow the scriptures. We've been teaching all all month and last month about practical religion. 
You know, it's more than just talking about being the saint of God. It's more than just, you know, going to church. It's being involved in helping others. This is what James is trying to get us to see in all that whole four or five chapters that he's trying to show us that true religion is action. It's not you know, just talking about it. You can't just, you know, say the word. You've got to be a doer of God's word and put yourself in the action. You know, when you read it and do it. When it says go, we got to go. <laughs> you can't sit there. If you sit there, the enemy will kill you. Amen. When God says stand still, we need to learn how to stand still. You know, and notice when, what Paul said, when you've done all you can do to stand now you stand. Now you turn, wait on God. There's certain things I can do, but then there's certain things I gotta let God do. And when I hit those things, you know, I gotta let Him do what He does. He, He's gotta be involved too. We, we are laborers, as Paul said, together with Christ. See, we're not in this thing by ourselves. Like I said, sharecroppers. You know, there was times we couldn't pay. There was times we couldn't fix the, the, the machinery or whatever. That's where the owner came in. He got it fixed. He paid the bills. You know, and so and as a result, that's what God does. You know, when we can't do it, we stand still and let him do it. He's the one that calls us. He tells you, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. So we've got to give of ourselves. So how do we do this? We learn to what? Connect. Connect. You know? Every day you're around people just like you. Every day you're around people that love doing the same thing that you do. Do you connect with them? You know? Why did you get married to who you got married to? You connect it. See? You connect it. See? And, and, and they had to give you some time so you could get to give you a sweet nothing, then you connect it, right? <laughs> Amen. But, you, but, you, but you, you connect it with them. And so we've got to learn how to connect with those of like precious faith. We've got to learn to connect with other people. There's other saints of God that may be in another church. You don't have to go to their church. You can connect with them from a distance by talking to them and sharing with them and, and encouraging them. That's why we all got these little gadgets called cell phones now and the Internet. You know, you can send encouraging words or a phone call or a text to them from a distance to give them a word of encouragement. And they text you back of what they've been doing or whatever. And that's connection. And when you go to conferences and you see them, you can get together for a meal, you know, and you connect. That's what we do when we go to general conference, you know. That's why I love to go to general conference because I always see people I haven't seen in probably a year, sometimes two years, sometimes four years, sometimes five years. You know, we've been connected socially through the media, but I need to be able to put my arms around them and hug them and say, hey, it's good to see you again and see that you're still, you know, going strong and doing good. See, we connect with one another, and we encourage one another, and build up one another, and they keep going forth in the kingdom of God. You know, that's why when you read Paul's letters to the church, 
you know, a lot of times you see he's telling them, I'm coming. You know, if the Lord permit me, I'm going to be there. And then he gets there, and, and they're together, and they have church, and they fellowship with one another. Then they hug one another, they pray together, and he parts, and he goes somewhere else. You know, this is what the church should be doing. So that's why the purpose of these conferences and stuff that we have is to try to get you to connect. See, you're not by yourself. This is a big church, you know. And, 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 and you know, you see the missions uh, movies and stuff that is shown on the first Sunday, and they show you what your brothers and sisters in other countries are doing. You want to connect. You know, Sister Linda had us all get a, you know, a missionary at the first of the year. And she says, I want you to pray for them. And I want you to connect with them. Write them. Talk to them. You know, encourage them. See, you connect with them. You know, and, and ask what you do. She connect with the Corbins. You know, and as soon as the Corbins saw me, the first thing they said is, Boy, your missions coordinator, Sister Rudy, is super. She did an outstanding job. Man, she really took care of us. Man, you got a great church. They were so kind. They were so considerate of us. And they helped us and stuff. That was all they talked about the whole conference. Every time I saw them, they was talking about you guys. I said, What am I, chopped liver? You know, <laughs> but anyhow... But that's what we want to do. See, you want to connect with people. That's what we're trying to get you to do. See? Because you never know if God is going to say, go to Zimbabwe. You never know if God is going to say, go to Germany. You never know what God is going to do in your life. You know, you know the opportunity may present itself someday. He ain't came and got us yet. You know? So there's windows of opportunity, but I've got to be willing to give of myself. I've got to be willing to get involved, amen, and, and, and to help. So I've got to learn how to connect. Notice Hebrews 10:25. Not forsaken the assemblies of yourselves together as the matter of some is, but exalting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Notice, exalt others, encourage others. You know, you, you, you know, you got your, your cell phones that go back to it. You can encourage people. You know, I started thoughts of the day and now I got other people doing it. I started morning manner in 2000. Now I got other people doing it. Not I, but God does. You know, but people got the idea, you know, and you connect. And I had a guy come up to me at General Conference and say, Hey, I got your book. You know, he says, what year did you write that one? I said, I think it might have been so-and-so years. I can't remember. But we connected. He connected through the books. See? And I get guys connect through the morning manner, through the thoughts of the day, or through the Internet preaching on the church. So we got so much that we can do. Don't neglect to get together, to fellowship together. Amen. Spend time together. Open your homes. Invite people in. You know, not just the church. Your neighbors, your others around you. You know, get to know your neighbors. Connect with your neighbors around you, the people that live around you. Know their name. Know their kids. You know, think about the old days, you know. Parents took care of other kids. I, when I was a kid, man, I, if I went to my cousin's house down the road, 
If I cut up, guess what? They're whooping. <laughs> they gave me a spanking. I got home, I got another one. <laughs> you know, that was that was because the families was connected. You know, huh? <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> but 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 you see, we we need to not forsake the assemblies of ourselves together. We never know. I, I can't stress this enough. Is you never know what God is going to do in these meetings when you're together. You know, it, it, it makes a difference. I remember the first Bible study before I was ever saved. You know, we we went to uh, a Bible study in uh, in uh, Elroy one night, and we was riding in the car. And we went to this house for a Bible study, and we sung songs. They had a tambourine. They played the tambourine. We had Bible study. People laughed. We had a little food and, 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 and laughed a little bit. And coming back home, we sung songs in the car, you know, just rejoicing together. Man, that connection, you know. It, it, it's like that. In, in Okinawa, when we were missionaries, you know, the Chiefs for Christ be because you guys bought us. You know, I had to go all the way to the northern end of the island, like 60 miles, to pick up this guy, you know, on Wednesday night for Bible study. One guy pick him up and bring him back, you know. But sometimes I had another guy would go back with me, and, you know, we just connected. You know, sometimes we pick up brand new folks, never met them before in our lives. But we get in the van and we laugh and and we, you know, sing songs and we pray and we talk about the Word of God. And now those guys are ministers of Jesus Christ. That's connecting. You ladies get together and you make blankets and you do things. What are you doing? You're connecting. You're connecting. And then you would take them to the church or the Salvation Army. What's doing? We're connecting. See, we don't know where it's going to lead. We don't know what's going to happen. When you go to the nursing home to visit somebody, some people see you coming in constantly. You know, they go, wow, that person always comes to see somebody. You know, you're connecting, those kind of things. So neglect not the assembly. Acts 2, 46, 47. And they continue daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Notice, from the onset, they connected. They connected in doctrine. They connected in the teaching and the fellowship and the prayer. Amen. We're connecting when we do these things. See? You know, even though I may not see you and I'm praying for you, you're praying for me. When you start praying for me, you know what happens? You see my face in your prayer. See? That's because we're connected. See? And it's the same way with your missionaries and others. When you're praying for them, you're connected. We should be able to connect with others in some small way. Miss no single opportunity, amen, Teresa Lexus wrote, miss no uh, single opportunity to make some small sacrifice. Here, by a smile and look, there'll be a kindly, kindly word, always doing the smallest right and doing it all for love. 
Amen. We have these windows of opportunity that God opens. And we need to walk through them. We should do some small. Did you know if I smile at you, you're going to smile at me? See? I know it. See? That's how it is. <laughs> Most of it, you try to be hard. <laughs> so you smile it. You know? but, but you stop and think about it. If you smile at other people, they smile at you. See? When you come through the Walmart line, if you ask somebody, how are you doing? How's your day? You doing okay? You know? And give them a smile. They could be having the worst day in the world. But I've found that usually they smile back. You know? It's that reciprocal thing that happens. See? And that's why you want to give a smile. It takes, they say, more muscles to frown than it does to smile. See? So, so get in the habit. Put on a pleasant face, a, 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 an excited face of what's in you. If the joy of the Lord is in you, you're not supposed to be a sourpuss. You're supposed to have a smile on your face. You get up every day and you look in the mirror. And you scare yourself, you get a laugh, right? <laughs> Amen. But some small way we should be able to con- connect. Amen. Social connection is critical for health and well-being. People are feeling more and more isolated, living farther away from each other than ever before, and loneliness is leading re- is the leading reason why people are having to seek therapy. They have nobody they can talk to. They say that most people can count their good friends on one hand. See? And some people feel they have nobody they can share anything with. As James says, my brother, that ought not be. You know, we should be able to connect. You're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work till he comes. So, you know, so people, so they say that it's good for health. And you stop and think about it. The more you fellowship with other people, the better you feel. See? And so we need to, to do that more often. We don't have to be lonely. We shouldn't be lonely. You know, first of all, we got God. And second of all, we got each other. You know, we should be able to connect in some small way. Research also showed that one in four Americans has no one they feel close enough with to share personal matters. Wow. We have to learn, amen, to, to connect with others here. While lack of social connection can have health consequences as severe as drug abuse, obesity, and smoking, the good news is that social connection increases psychological and physical health and even lengthen our lives. If we can pull someone up out the muck, if we can get someone up out of their circumstances and situations, amen, Building a friend. They say if you will spend at least five minutes with somebody, you can make them a friend forever. Think about it. Connection. Health. You know, 
you, you, if, if you visit nursing homes and you stop and talk to those people that are sitting in their wheelchairs or in their beds, they feel so much better, you know, when you leave. I can remember when you were there for a while when we, and we probably need to try to get back to it. You know, we used to go into the nursing home and sing, you know, and think about those people. They would come out. They looked forward to that, to be able to come out and to sing and, you know, and, to, and, and you saw their smiles on their faces and things of that nature. They felt good about that. Why? Because we was connecting with them. They felt that someone cared. Around us, as I said at the onset, as people are hurting, you know, and they need to know that someone really care. You know, they need to know that somebody is willing to listen and to help. You know, Christmas time, you know, you know, give. And it should be given to you. Think of something you can do. You know, yes, we take the scarves, we take the gloves, we take the hats. We're connecting the blankets and all that. But think about our neighbors. Think about those around us. Little things. You don't have to be something big. You know, even giving of a Christmas card to your neighbors or your roommates. You know, or those around you. That's ways to connect. You know, if you go back, I remember when I was in school, in elementary school, you know. In February, what did everybody do? You Remember? Maybe y'all didn't do it up here, but uh, uh, yeah, we used to give out Valentine's, little Valentine cards, you know. Yeah, yeah. will you be my Valentine, you know. You remember the little Valentine's card? You give them to everybody in your classroom, man. You know, we connected. We was giving of ourselves. We'd buy, you know, spend our little quarter, get 25 cards, you know. Yeah, you do that. Think about Huh? Praise God. You know, it's, it's just those little things like that that helps us to connect. You know, sometimes people you, you know, you haven't seen in a long time, send them a card. You know, if you have their address, send them a card. Just says, hey, I was just thinking about you, you know. It probably make a difference in a whole lot of people's lives. You know? Can you imagine what the church must have felt like when Paul, when they got Paul's letter? Because he tells it, he says, when this letter is read, make sure you read it to the church at Laodicea as well. Because Laodicea was right close to the, to the next church, not far away. So, you know, back in those days, you know, when they got a letter, you know, they would share it. You know? And so Paul says, make sure when you read this, this church, make sure the church at Laodicea also gets to read it and hear it as well. You know, so can you imagine, you know, having heard anything from Paul maybe two years, three years, because back in those days, you know, the way mail traveled and how they had to write back in those days and, and stuff. But yet you get a letter. You know, and studying the history of America when the Pony Express and things of that nature, you know, people through the West Coast or people on the East Coast, and you send a letter, you know, and they would go into town and they'd wait for the stagecoach to come or, or the pony rider to come with the mail because they was just waiting to see if they was going to get a letter. They wanted to connect. 
to know that you were still alive, to know that you still cared, you know, to see when you was coming again. It's those little things of that nature that makes a difference. We're trying to help people, see, and so we want to be able to help them pull up. Most people have no one they can share concerns with. So how do we fix this? Well, the golden rule should always be in operation in the church, okay? Matthew seven twelve. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. If you would like for people to connect to you and send you cards, hey, do likewise. Give, and it should be given unto you. Amen. You know, I might do something for Brother Richard, you know, but it comes back from Sister Michaela. You never know how it's going to come back. It didn't tell me how it's going to come back. It just says, give, and it shall be given unto you. You never know what somebody else is, how God is going to work it. See? And so it's, it's important that we learn this principle and concept. You know, the, the Bible tells us give and expect nothing in return, correct? But God always gives back. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get more days or what, you know. Or what am I going to get? You know, you never know what somebody else is going to do for you. You know, give. And it should be given to you. Connect, connect. So do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Jude tells us in Jude verse 22, he says, Oh, some have compassion. Make a difference. Purpose in your heart. I'm going to make a difference tomorrow in somebody else's life. I'm going to do something for someone else tomorrow that's going to blow their mind. <laughs> think about it. What can you do? Between now and tomorrow morning, think of something you're going to do when you go to work. You know, there's been people that comes into work and they might bring a bucket of popcorn and set it out in the break room. You know, all kinds of stuff. Candy, whatever, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, we every every Christmas we take candy down to the post office, to the police station, all kinds of stuff. You know, fire station, giving out stuff to people, bread, all kinds of stuff. We're not looking for anything in return. We're just connecting, you know, because never know. We never know. So make a difference. Purpose, say, I'm going to make a difference tomorrow in somebody else's life. Maybe just give somebody you haven't talked to in a long time a phone call. And just says, hey, I was thinking about you. I'm praying for you. You know, or send a card or, you know, give them something. Brighten up a little child's day or something. You know, do something for someone else. Galatians 6.10 tell us, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially unto them who are the household of faith. See, we, we want to connect here with people. We are born to connect and we thrive when we connect with others for this reason, it is always worth it to be there for others in some small way, from the cashier at our grocery stores to our grandparents and children. Connection is always possible from our end. Notice the responsibility is on us. Amen. That's why forgiveness 
falls on us. That's what God says. If, if you, if somebody have ought against you, you go to them. He said, "Don't wait till they come to you. You go to them." You know, it, that makes you the bigger of the two. You know, so we have to learn how to connect. Notice in Genesis two eighteen, you know, the first thing God said about Adam, He says, "It's not good that what that he should be alone." You know, he'd be depressed if he's all alone. God says, I'll make him a helpmeet for him. You know? I'll make him a companion. God give him a companion. Someone to keep him encouraged. Someone to help him along. You know? Think about it. So God gave Adam a helpmeet. Amen. And so, we we got to learn to connect. Joshua... Connected with Moses. As soon as Moses came back, Joshua connected with him. God says, you know, Aaron, he says, Aaron will go with you. But you ever notice who's always with Moses? Joshua. He connected. And when it was time to take him into the promised land, guess who took him into the promised land? Joshua. See? You know, God has a plan. Look at Elijah and Elisha. They connected. Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus. They all connected. See? We should all be able to connect, you know, in the church, especially the household of faith. God wants us to be together, to help one another, to edify one another. We should smile. We should touch. We should resonate. Amen. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Notice, he, I mean, he connected with just about everybody. But the crazies, <laughs> you know, the people, they connected to him. They followed him. Everywhere he went, he drew a crowd. Yes, some came for the food, some came for the miracles and stuff, but they still connected. They got to hear the word of God. See? And so this is why we must have that smile. We we must be willing to touch others. You know, a a, a good hug from another lady to another lady or a man to a man sometimes. You know, to just let somebody cry on your shoulder can can make a difference. Because everybody goes through things. You know, when people are going through things, they need someone to be able to, to hold on to, to hug one another for a while, just to know that they care. So don't be afraid to touch people. You know, when a person walks into church sometimes, don't be afraid to shake their hand. Offer them a hand of friendship. You know, I'm not saying you got to hug everybody come through the door. That's not what I'm saying. You know, but everybody, you know, a, a, a handshake shows a, 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 some friendliness. Say, and people like that. They, w- they want to be able to connect. You make them feel welcome. You know, invite them in. Oh, we're glad to have you. You know, we're so glad that you came today. We hope you come again. You know, 
They, they, want, they want to be a part. They connect with people. So touch people. We have a natural built-in system to resonate with each other. When we see someone doing something, we intent, internally mirror and mimic them. If you, as I said earlier, if you smile, you will make others me smile. That should have been not my, but me smile. Your smile may cause me to feel better about myself. Uh, we have this inward system of sounding board that is acutely sensitive to others. If you reach out from your side or our side, it can create a positive resonance with others. Say, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. So you want to keep reaching out. You want to keep helping. In a relationship, physical affection is one of the highest predictors of long-term love. We know that huge... Hugs release oxytocin, toxin, toxin, <laughs> that cuddle and hormones. Amen. Now, how you pronounce it? Oxytocin. Yeah, there you go. Not oxycotton. <laughs> you don't want that junk. <laughs> yeah, oxytocin. Thank you. Amen. But but. You know, it release, you know. So husband and wife should be doing that all the time. Connecting. <laughs> Amen. So connect to one another. Amen. And try getting in the habit of smiling. Learn to listen. Amen. He that have knowledge spares his word, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven and 28. So we need to learn how to listen. And again, we connect through this, you know, because when people feel they have someone will listen to them and someone that really cares, amen, they will share. And when they feel good about themselves, when they can get that stuff off their chest or they say things or talk about their situation or, or what they're going through, they feel so much better. You know, so sometimes you be in, the, in Walmart or whatever, sometimes people is going to just start talking to you. You know, don't feel like you got to say a word. Just listen. You know, you feel good. They'll feel good. And a lot of times you learn a lot from other people. Yeah, and be able to help you. So learn how to listen. We need to learn to listen. But the problem is, we're all guilty of this thing. Somebody started talking, and we automatically, boom, interject. I, I'm guilty. You know? And why do we do that? Because we think we know what the person is going to say, and we think we know what they're talking about, and so we feel like we can put some input. But a lot of times, what I have found... You know, and like I said, I'm guilty. And what I have found is a lot of times people want to share. They want to get what they're talking about out. But if I stop them, then it prevents them from bringing out what they wanted to bring out. Because if they're starting to bring out something about this and you're listening, what's really down deep inside, they will probably bring that out too. And then you will have an opportunity with the word of God to help and to encourage them and to edify them and give them some directions. You know, there's a lot of deep stuff inside of people that they want to get out. 
And it's our job to help them feel better by getting it out, to pull it up, you know, and let them share it with us. And we don't go tell everybody what they tell us. We learn, amen, to bridle our tongues and to stay quiet and pray with them, you know. And don't be afraid, you know, when they tell you at the end to just say, hey, let's pray together about this and this situation. I want to be with you with it. I want, you know, and I, and I do that to a lot of people. I say, you know, the, the Bible tells us if two agree on earth is touching anything in the name of the Lord, it will be done. So let's agree that what you have just told me, God will meet your need. What are we doing? We're connecting. We're connecting. You know, and so, you know, that's why we have to learn how to listen. Amen. Let them talk. Let them bring it up. You know, you know, if 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 they want you to give input, sometimes they will say, what do you think? And that's the door for you to be able to give and share. This is why we need to have the word of God hid in us. See, so that we give godly wisdom and not man's wisdom. See. Because if man's wisdom could have helped them, they would already use that. Say, but they need something that is really going to work. And that's why we hide the word in our hearts. That's why we study the word of God so we're ready, you know, to give an answer from the kingdom that we're edify and build up. So we have to learn how to listen. Amen. A simple gift to give ever anyone is to be there with that person 100%. Listening to someone's attentively without interruption take in their perspective fully, allow them to express themselves, and just get ourselves out of the way for a while. You will be amazed at what you learn, and this may be the first time anyone has listened to them in such a profound and respectful way. So let's remember to do that. Ecclesiastes 3.7 tells us it's a time to rend, not time to sow. A time to keep silent, and there's a time to speak. Amen. Isaiah 42, 23. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? So people are hurting, and we need to make sure that we're good listeners. Amen? Praise God. Amen. So... Talking about giving of ourselves. We want to connect. We want to be good listeners. Amen. We want to cause people to feel good about themselves and everything that they do. Amen. Praise God. Don't forget, Sunday is church. (laughs) Amen. Prayer at 9 o'clock, 930 discipleship and worship at 10 30. Amen. So let's come pray. Amen.